everyone. Welcome back to the Grit Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Steph Corbell, and I'm happy to be back here with you again after the holidays. Feels great to be back in a routine. I don't know about you, but I was so ready to get back to normal life. Anyhow, this is the first real full-length episode in a while, and it's something that's really been on my mind during the past few weeks. So I'm excited to explore this topic with you today since it seems to be omnipresent at the moment. So I'm going to preface this with a bit of a story, as I typically do in this podcast. And if you're tuning in for the first time, I'm an avid distance runner, and I often will use training and racing as an analogy here. Uh, Something about digging deep during an extreme event like an ultramarathon, it's great teaching experience for learning how to channel your resilience. Anyhow, I was recently out of town for a bit to run a 24-hour race over the holidays, and a good friend of mine came out to crew for me, meaning a crew member is someone who's there to make sure I don't die of doing something stupid out there on the race course. And my friend is awesome. She is a very accomplished ultra runner. She ran on the U.S. national team for international competitions. She's been sponsored by a bunch of different companies. And now she's transitioned into race directing and is in charge of something like seven or eight East Coast races. One of them is one of the biggest 100-mile events in the U.S. So long story short, she's kind of a big deal. And we hadn't seen each other in several years. And so after the race, we spent a day hiking and catching up on life in general. And one of the topics of conversation was about her race directing, especially right now during the pandemic when regulations and rules and such seem to change by the day. There's so much uncertainty when it comes to planning events, to say the least. And my friend is the epitome of a type A personality. She's an engineer in her day job, and I like to tease her that she's got a binder for every single activity that she does. And okay, fine. I'll admit I do too. So when I asked her about what it was like to try to put on events in the current social climate, she said this to me, and I thought it was the best metaphor for leadership I'd heard in a long time. I'm like a duck. You can see me swimming all calm on top of the water. But under the surface, my little feet are going crazy down there. The moral of the story, no matter where the current takes you, no matter what's going on, it's important to keep that calm demeanor. No one wants to see someone in charge freaking out. That's not exactly going to build confidence, right? I think there's a lesson for all of us in this image, in this duck metaphor. In a world that's highly, highly uncertain, in a political climate that's become increasingly polarized and reactionary, it's important to remember that hysteria doesn't typically help us make good decisions. When we're panicked, when we're stressed out, our bodies go into a state of fight or flight. We're literally flooded with stress hormones, and those affect our brain's functioning and consequently our reasoning. It doesn't exactly help that we live in a world with a 24-hour news cycle, with agencies that are financially dependent on grabbing your attention with salacious headlines. I don't know about you, but I'll see some crazy headline these days and think, what the hell? And then I'll read the full article and see that the headline is actually misleading. The situation might not be as awful or dire as the reporter says, but they just needed something to grab our attention and give their website a click. It also doesn't exactly help that so many of us are influenced by what we see on social media. And it's so important to realize that social media, it's just a fancy algorithm. 
whatever you click on, it's going to give you more of that. So if you're looking for doomsday, you are sure to find it. It's also something that reinforces cognitive bias. Meaning, if you have some sort of controversial worldview, it's easy to get confirmation of that simply because more of that content is going to pop up in your feed with each click. Social media, it's not exactly intended to give you diverse points of view or to help you think critically or analytically about what you're reading. It's simply an impersonal algorithm. Oh, it looks like you like this? Well, more of it for you then. Personally, I find it really tough to be unaffected by what I see, what I see my friends posting, what I read, what I consume. And I don't know about you, but sometimes, hey, I'm human, I panic. And then I react completely out of fear. That, my friends, that is what this episode is about. Learning the fundamental rule of the universe, well, according to Douglas Adams, at least. Don't panic. Don't freak out completely. But how do we accomplish that, especially in an environment that's so on edge? So here's the first strategy. I'm not going to tell you to ignore the feelings of panicking or to ignore the feeling of being scared. That's just counterproductive. It's kind of like if my husband and I get into the proverbial man-woman conflict and he'll say, hey, calm down. Yeah, as a woman, that's super helpful to have your husband say that to you. So my first step If you're in a situation where you start to feel that panic or that freak out start to set in, stop and acknowledge the feeling that you're having. Okay, there it is. Say it to yourself. Yep, I am so freaked out right now. Then you set yourself a timer and you give yourself a time limit to go through every single worst case scenario you can possibly think of, like for 10 minutes. Go all the way to complete and utter disaster and just get it the hell out of your system. What not to do at this point? Don't voice your freak out to other people unless it's someone that you're super close with, that you have super clear boundaries with, that knows you well, and knows you're not insane. But whatever you do, please don't go on social media and start disaster posting. Let me tell you something, I can't think of a single person out there that has said, wow, I really changed my mind about such and such of an issue because I saw someone freak out about it on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. All you're going to do if you do that, if you're the post incessantly type, you're just going to get everyone riled up around you in a mini storm of mass hysteria. So don't. My second strategy, once you've let that nervous system go haywire, it's time to rein it in. And in this strategy, you're simply just going to breathe. Sit down, get yourself nice and relaxed, even lay down. And I want you to take in a deep breath, counting to four, and then exhale, counting to six. Do that, say, 10 times in a row. When your exhalations are longer than your inhalations, it's a proven fact that your heart rate is going to start to go down. It's going to start to calm that racing pulse, and it's going to start to calm down that fight or flight response so that you can think more rationally. Now, if one round of breathing doesn't cut it, do a few more until you can feel that relaxation start to set in. My third strategy, approach the situation analytically. If it's a piece of news that's got you all riled up, then research your source. Look for some other points of view, perhaps, and by all means, stick to stuff that's reputable. 
I can't tell you how many times friends have come to me with headlines from sources like the Daily Mail with stories about serious issues. And then I'm thinking, y'all, this is a tabloid that often features some celebrities weight loss to get into a tiny bikini. Not exactly Pulitzer Prize material, you know? Now, if the situation is of a personal nature, start writing stuff down, make a list, pros and cons, journal your feelings, get it out in writing. Now, it's It's really funny because I work as an artist for a living, but I'm always giving advice to friends about love and relationship situations and news situations. I'm always telling them to approach things like you're a scientist, such as instead of freaking out about what ifs, focus on the what is. Look at what I call the empirical evidence of a situation. So for example, with a friend who's online dating, I'll tell her, hey, if the guy in question calls you back, he's interested. Stop second-guessing motivations and projecting your past experiences. A simple callback is evidence. It's a physical action. In short, these three strategies are simple, simple interventions to avoid giant public freakouts. They're simple interventions to keep folks around you from freaking out as well. You've got to keep in mind that hysteria is contagious, and it's not exactly helpful to anyone around. I mean, let's take a look at history and something like the Salem Witch Trials. The second you go down that road, you start to lose control and you become prey to the most base of human emotions, that flood of hormones and the consequent inability to think rationally. If you get any sort of takeaway from today's episode, let it be this. When you start to feel that onset of panic, simply take a time out. That's it. Stop talking. Don't react. Let it be what it is and realize you can only control what you can control. If you go back to that duck analogy, that's your little feet swimming away below the surface. But keep your head up nice and calm and see where the current takes you. So that's it for this week. I hope you had some good takeaways from this episode. If you like what you heard, go ahead, hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss out on any of my future episodes. I put one out each and every Friday morning. Also, feel free to follow me on social media. I'm on Instagram at Steph Corbell. That's C-O-R-B-E-L-L. And you can also reach out to me directly on my website at grittogrowth.com. Thank you so much for listening. And until next week, remember that you're more resilient than you realize and you're stronger than you know. 